0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Taking Control of Your Diabetes podcast. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jeremy Pettis. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and colleague, Dr. Steve Edelman. And if you're just tuning in, we are both adult endocrinologists working at the University of California, San Diego. We've both been living with type 1 diabetes since we were 15, and both work, obviously, for Taking Control of Your Diabetes, the not-for-profit that Steve founded almost 30 years ago now. All right, so this is our, you know, second edition of kind of men's health, I suppose we're talking about, and this is going to be about erectile dysfunction. And why are we talking about this? Well, it's extremely common in kind of all men, and we'll give some statistics, but even more prevalent in people with diabetes. So Steve, anything you want to say off the top?
1: Uh, I would say yes. This This is a condition that affects the individual living with diabetes and his partner. And so it's one of those areas where, um, you can really get some help and make a lot of things better about your life, your relationship, your personal self-esteem. So it's an important topic.
0: No, I totally agree. And I think this is something that, you know, make people prone to the giggles or whatever. We're just talking about, you know, getting it up, like what's the big deal, but that can be so important in a man's like, you know, like you said, self-esteem, they're, they're, their, you know, how they view themselves. I'm not a man if I, you know, can't get an erection. Their partner, their relationship. There, there's so much that goes into this that it's extremely important to acknowledge that it's common. If you do have issues with the ED, get it treated because there are so many treatments now that are actually quite effective. That we'll get into. So, you know, to kick it off, like some statistics, I think are helpful. So I was pulling this up and first just looking at rates of erectile dysfunction in men without diabetes. And these numbers are kind of easy to remember that um, at age 40, it's about 40% of men that have some erectile dysfunction. And at age 70, that goes up to 70% of men. So extremely common in kind of, I guess, supposedly otherwise healthy men. Now, if you add diabetes to that, those rates go up somewhat significantly. So it's very, very common. So what is erectile dysfunction, Steve? Does it have a definition
1: it it definitely does it's short it's simple and it makes a lot of sense that you you have to have enough rigidity uh to have sexual intercourse okay it's very simple um and i should say that um there is there are gradations it's not like one day uh you, you you can have sexual activities without any problem uh, and then the next day, you're limp completely. Mm-hmm. So there are men that have, you know, you're, it's partial erectile dysfunction. If the stars aren't aligned perfectly, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're not. Or you don't have an erect penis as you used to when mm-hmm. you were much younger. So for every man that gets older, it it, it does take an effect over time.
0: Yeah. And if you're again listening, this is an issue of yours, we understand that there it can be embarrassing, you know, to bring up to your provider to talk about, you know, to anybody about it. I will say from the provider side, I have essentially zero embarrassment with this. And I would say all of our other endocrino- endocrinology colleagues would say the same thing, that we're not surprised when people bring this up. And to to us it's like people talking about they have knee pain or pneumonia or what else it is. It's a health issue. So just encouraging people to We understand it might be embarrassing, but we don't feel that, you know, bring it up and we can address it.
1: And I would just say that (laughs) there are female doctors, endocrinologists that may be less comfortable uh, and you might be more hesitant telling a female, but as Jeremy said, uh, they will deal with it. They may not bring it up because they may not, might be their normal thing, but it's standard you know, operating procedure to to ask a male patient with diabetes, do you have problems getting an erection?
0: Yeah, I would say as you're saying that Steve, like I can actually do a better job of bringing it up myself, putting it in my own templates of people with diabetes, just like we address their blood pressure and cholesterol that maybe it should be part of our template. and Maybe that would help, you know, kind of to get the conversation going. So when we talk about seeing your doctor, you know, it's your healthcare provider, it's really, you know, you tell them the symptoms, you're having issues with, um, you know, erectile dysfunction. And before we jump into kind of treatment, medications, etc., it's really important to talk about these other lifestyle issues or things that can increase your risk of getting erectile dysfunction. So first is sticking with diabetes. Why is diabetes... Why is it more common that people with diabetes have erectile issues, Steve?
1: Yeah, because people with diabetes end up having not only problems with their blood supply, vascular issues, but they also have neuropathy or nerve conditions. That's part of the autonomic neuropathy category. and We talk about peripheral neuropathy where you get pins and needles and numbness in your feet. This is another type of neuropathy that affects the, uh, I would say the structures and the, and the muscles around the penis. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have nerve innervation, then that'll cause erectile dysfunction. And I think that's, that's an important thing because people with diabetes have a higher uh, level of those two issues. And it's also important to mention that if you have good diabetes control, your blood pressure is good. You never had any heart disease. You know, those those things may not affect you and your rates may be the same as a typical non-diabetic man. So, you know, don't think you're going to get it just because you have the, defin- the diagnosis of diabetes. Right.
0: So, part of your treatment of erectile dysfunction should always be blood sugar control and maybe that helps you you know motivate you to get better control with your diabetes because this will help your your vascular function and and possibly your your erectile function so keeping that in mind that diabetes control is is always going to be part of this Now, the other two big lifestyle things that are big when it comes to ED is one is alcohol consumption. um, And, you know, drinking more can cause more issues with erectile dysfunction. And actually stopping or cutting down can improve it. So it's, again, something to think about that if you're thinking you should cut down and, you know, this is something that to to be aware of that that can actually help significantly.
1: Well, well, Jeremy, I know that um, if you're drinking heavily the night that you engage in sexual activity that can cause interference. So you're saying even if you, there's no alcohol in your system but you drink yeah, a lot at other times?
0: Use, you know, we know that alcohol use in general can cause neuropathy also issues with kind of like nerves can can exacerbate, you know, peripheral neuropathy. You can do the same thing with, you know, erectile issues. So keeping that in mind, officially the recommendations are no more than two drinks a day for men and one drink a day for women. And I always make the joke that these don't roll over, unfortunately, you can't collect them and store them up for the weekend. But just keep that in mind. This might be part of the kind of workup. If you come in talking about this, your doctor might talk to you about alcohol. And the other absolute biggie is smoking. And that just goes for everything with diabetes. And it's probably the number one intervention you could do for your health, Across the board, I don't care what somebody's A1C is or whatever. When they walk in the door, if they're smoking a pack or, or more a day, you know that's going to be the most effective thing you can do is cut back, stop smoking, and especially when it comes to ED, uh, smoking is just a killer. Yeah, it's
1: a killer for heart disease mm-hmm. too. And you know we're the first to acknowledge that stopping smoking, nicotine addiction, is tough. Mm-hmm. So you know if you're if you're hooked on cigarettes, we we feel for your pain and uh, your addiction and get help. Mm -hmm. There's many different therapies for that. It's not really the topic of this podcast, but it's, that's probably the single best thing you can do for your health.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, these are important things to, to mention. And let's say, you know, you've talked about this, address these different things in one way or another. Um, And it comes to, okay, what do I do about it? What are the medications? What um, are the options for treatment? And Steve, why don't you take it away? Start with the most common.
1: Okay. I I will start with the most common, but first let me ask you, um, should men with erectile dysfunction get a workup versus just saying they can't get it up anymore?
0: Um, there's no specific labs, I would say that, you know, like that would kind of ring a bell, but you definitely need to, um, assess for cardiovascular health. You know, there's some contraindication medications we'll talk about. Um, but obviously your A1C, probably your cholesterol, those kinds of like general health maintenance things, um, to kind of tune up, but I don't know, is there something specific you're thinking about otherwise?
1: You know, I, I know that in the workup, uh, some people order TSH, check your thyroid, Mm -hmm. and prolactin levels, but those are very rare causes of erectile dysfunction, and a good doctor will take a history, and they'll be able to say, well, it looks like pure erectile dysfunction, not
0: something else. And then the other thing we just did a whole podcast on is, should I get my testosterone checked? Mm -hmm. Um, And The answer to that is probably no, it shouldn't just like automatically get your testosterone checked because these tend to be independent issues. You could have low testosterone and still need, you know, treatment for ED. Um, So really low testosterone is is more about low desire in sex and true ED is that your desire is still there. You just don't have, you know, not able to sustain an erection.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I've, talked to you before we started the podcast that, uh, one of the questions I ask my patients, I say, are you able to masturbate? And if they say, yeah, no problem, you know, and, uh, I, they don't have erectile dysfunction. They have a issue, some emotional issue going on maybe with their partner. So it's a, it's a very good question you can ask yourself. And, you know, if, if you cannot get it up at all, anytime, no matter what, um, you know, that's pretty good chance you have erectile dysfunction. Okay. Okay. So what do we do about it? Okay, well, we talk about the most successful, easy way to address the problem, which is um, these drugs that work towards erectile dysfunction. They're PDE5 inhibitors. I'll spare you the the name. But drugs like Viagra, Levitra, Cialis. Um, And they are medications that you take orally. Um, The Cialis is... I would say, my favorite, to prescribe, Um, (laughs) wanna make that clear? (laughs) Thanks for clarifying. (laughs) (laughs) Because it does stay in your system longer. Mm. It's at least a day and a half. And, you know, if you get in a fight with your partner, you're all ready. You got the roses. You got the <laughs> candles. And then, then you get in a big old fight. You got a little more time <laughs> to make up and, and have that drug in your system. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, Viagra is excellent. It was the first one. And it, it can cause a headache. And it can give some people a kind of a, like they're, a feeling that they are looking through blue sunglasses, which mm-hmm. go away, mm-hmm. not dangerous. And Levitra is, is like Coors Light. Uh, it's better than nothing. And it might be all that your insurance uh, approves. And uh, I have a friend that lives in Israel, and he gets Levitra. Uh, it's, it goes under the tongue like a nitroglycerin tablet, dissolves, uh-huh. and, and gets in the system like that. So you know there are different formulations in different countries, but the good news is they are generic
0: now. Uh-huh. So in, I've heard. What's I don't your know if, favorite, Jeremy? Well, I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say Cialis because you know. I don't know if this is your phrase, but I've heard you call it the weekender before, you know, you take it on a Friday or whatever, and you're good for all weekend. And I think it's important for people, you know, to, I think most people know this, but some don't. And it's not like you take these pills and you're walking around with an erection all day long. Well, speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But now we know why it's your favorite, I guess. Yeah. Um, So it, it just, you know, it can increase the blood flow to the area in the event of like stimulation. Um, so it just like makes you able to kind of respond to sex as, or, or sexual stimulus as you normally would.
1: You know, Jeremy, that, that is such a great point. And you know, I have forgotten one of my favorite lines talking to patients. You can't just be reading a book about growing tomatoes and expect to get an erection and have sexual intercourse. And I had a patient who told me it wasn't working. And I said, what were you doing? I was reading a book, like a book, a boring book. On tomatoes. Uh, I, I just made that part up, but he just thought that you take it and you get an erection. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a great point. You have to have uh, sexual stimulation. Yeah. That's, that's the phrase I'm looking for.
0: Now, even though these things are generic, they can still be um, difficult to get in the sense that the number one complaint I hear from people is that I don't get enough pills that for Levitra or Viagra or whatever, that for a month's supply, they might give you five or six pills, something like that. And, you know, providers actually know, and you can request to always get prescribed kind of the highest dose of these medications, and there's usually two or three doses. And then you don't have to take the whole thing. Um, maybe you'll find that a quarter works for you, or a half, or whatever, if that's, you know, something you want to do to try to get more, basically, usage out of these.
1: Yeah, I think they should base the number of pills you get on the how long you've been married. <laughs> because... The longer you're married, the less you need. Uh, but you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll be truthful with with everyone on the podcast. I should say honest uh, that um, I get levit, I get cialis, and uh, I was it's generic now. I go to Costco, and a couple times the prescriptions were ten dollars for for twenty five pills because generic now they're not as restrictive. So then I went just a couple days ago to get my. COVID shot. And the guy said 127. So the pharmacist came out and said to me, well, the batch we just got, cause there's a lot of different generic companies. Um, you know, that's the only ones I have right now. That's the, that's the best price I can offer you. And he apologized
0: for the COVID uh, shot. Cost? I watched
1: the cost for the, my, I picked, I'm sorry, went to pick up my Cialis uh, prescription. Okay. At the same time, getting my COVID shot. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Super confused. Yeah. All right. So all of a sudden
0: your price jumped way up. Yes. Okay. sorry. Yeah.
1: And, um, and he, so he said, give me a couple days and I'll find, uh, we'll get another batch in for the lower price. It's the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I get the 20 milligram because as you said, it comes in five, 10 and 20. You might as well get the highest dose, uh, and break it in half if you don't need the whole
0: thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, good to know. Yeah. And And you got your COVID shot apparently.
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, after they gave me the shot, I asked to put it on my card. And he said, no, I just, we don't have the COVID shot here. That was a mistake that we texted everybody. I gave you the flu shot. So I got the flu shot.
0: <laughs> the most confusing story I've ever heard. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's not. I went for the COVID shot, but they gave me a flu shot instead. Got it. Okay. And I was picking up my prescription.
0: Got it. All right. So Jesus. lesson there is that you can bargain at the pharmacy, apparently, is what I've learned. So anyways, okay. So you try these medications; they work. Um, you know the side effects. We mentioned some a headache. Um, Cialis has actually been noted to like sometimes cause a little low back pain in people, um, but generally very well tolerated. Um, now, let's say that you try them, you try the max dose even, and it's not working. Um, what, what else can you try?
1: Yeah, and that does happen. Not everybody responds. I think there are other options. Now, this one sounds like a a torture, uh, you know, (laughs) but you inject a medication called prostaglandin in the side of your penis. And right away, it causes engorgement of the two main uh, uh, areas where that blood flows into the corpus cavernosa. And then you can have a, a very hard erection for a couple hours and it wears off and goes away. You draw it up yourself. You inject yourself. And I, I have never found a male patient who takes it that said it hurts. Apparently, there's very little nerve endings on the shaft of the penis. Uh, the other thing that you could try is what we call a aid device. You put this long cylinder cylindrical tube over your penis. You, you There's a pump, a suction pump that pumps blood into those cavernous cavernoses. And then after your penis is erect, they take a, a big, thick, rubber band with a big diameter with wings on it that you can pull on it without get trying, without having to get underneath the rubber band. And you put it on the base of the penis and prevents the blood from leaving the penis. And that's a non-surgical way. Um, it typically works in men who have uh, understanding, long-term partners. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to say, this is the first date, excuse me, I've got to get out this device. And it does work. It definitely works. And it may not be the Hardest erection you've ever had, but it's enough for sexual intercourse, Mm -hmm. and that's what people want.
0: And I would say, you know, just practically, if you are at the stage that you've tried kind of the, the common pills and they're not working... Um, the next step would be actually being referred to somebody who kind of like specializes in this. And that would be usually a urologist. And sometimes there's like men's health clinics or whatever, but they're typically run by urology. So if you get to the point where you're doing injections or, you know, these um, assistance devices, it's, it's probably time to, like, there's just not that many primary care doctors that that know kind of that much about this this topic.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I think there are, I know several urologists in San Diego that specialize in uh, infertility and erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have spoken at our conferences when we used to do face-to-face. And of course, you're gonna go to the u- urologist if you want uh, the ultimate cure, uh, which is putting in a penile implant. Mm-hmm. And that unfortunately is not covered by insurance companies, uh, but they have several implants they put in those corpus cavernosos, those long big cavities that hold blood. And on the one end of the spectrum, it's kind of like a Gumby. It's flexible. It goes in easy. Surgery is easy. Minimal side effects. It gives you an erection that's firm enough to penetrate and have sexual intercourse. But it's not so hard that you you can't tuck it in your pants mm. and be obvious to everybody walking around. And then on the other end of the spectrum, they have... a uh, Implants that you can put in those areas and you pump them up yourself with a pump that's put into the testicular sac, and as uh, as hard as you like, and then when you're finished, you deflate it. And those cost more. I don't know the exact prices, uh, but once again, those are not covered. It's gonna it's gonna cost you probably well over ten thousand dollars. But once again, a urologist that specializes in this procedure, and um, it has helped a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Well, I think for me, just hearing like all these different treatment options, it's, it's pretty amazing. So people shouldn't just feel down and out. I mean, first of all, tell somebody, start with the treatment. If you tried something that didn't work, there's other things to try. And I've heard you say kind of back to how we started this, that erectile dysfunction is really like a couple's disease, couple's problems. So as much as you can bring your partner into this you know, being open and honest about you're taking these medications or trying this or trying that, um, I think will be ultimately helpful because the goal is not simply all the time just to have sex, but to, you know, continue with your relationship, intimacy, all of that.
1: Yeah. And know that um, it's a common issue as any man ages. It's just a little more common in men with diabetes and a lot more common if you have vascular and neurologic issues, but there's no reason You cannot enjoy sex as much as anybody else with or without complications. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think we'll leave it there then.